and good morning. Welcome into In Focus on News Radio KMAN. It is a Monday morning here on the show, and today we're going to get an update from the K-State College of Veterinary Medicine. We'll also hear from VFW Post 1786. Commander Dan Watkins will be here, and we'll get a preview of the St. Patrick's Day activities happening this Saturday here in Aggieville. But we start again with the K-State College of Veterinary Medicine. Each month we talk with someone different over there. Today it's Dr. Dylan Luter, Clinical Assistant Professor, uh, Equine Surgeon at the Veterinary Health Center. Good morning. Good morning. It's... uh, Monday morning and uh, getting closer to springtime so that people uh, may be thinking about uh, getting out there riding their horses a little bit more here's the weather warms up and uh, you've got some some topics here kind of related to that uh, uh, we'll start first with uh, bandaging horses yeah I mean it's always uh, nice to have the weather warm up and you can get out and ride your horse again and uh, it just seems like um, you get more active with the horses and they tend to get into things quite a bit more and we see horses come in with cuts and and lacerations that we have to have to deal with and and then the owners take them home and and uh, they have to take care and bandage that that wound so um, one of the probably important things to think about are all of the different layers and the different uh, things that you can apply to that wound to, to help it heal the best as you can. What are the most common types of uh, cuts and wounds you see here this time of year? Oh, I think definitely um, the horse is getting into the fencing or the barbed wire lacerations, uh, especially down uh, in their foot or their lower leg region. Okay. And uh, if that does happen, uh, I guess there's probably some, some things you need to do right away. Oh, yes, of course. So, um, I think last time I was on, we talked a little bit about wounds, but uh, the first thing you want to do is just um, make sure and uh, that there is no large bleeding. And if there is, you can you can put a bandage on it to help slow that, and then uh, call the veterinarian and and either arrange to have them out or to or to take them in. Um, and then from there, uh, really, once the veterinarian is looking at it, uh, we'll clean the wound up, we'll clip the hair, and get all the dirt and, and debris out of there. And if it's able to be um, to be stitched up, we can we'll do that, and then um, and then go on and, and bandage it up for you. Uh, a lot of people like to have a different uh, suite of medications that they apply on it at home, and it's sometimes it's tempting to um, you know not call the vet and, and just to try to put those medications on yourself or. Or uh, people uh, do uh, tend to cold hose those lacerations to clean them up. Um, I think it's important to remember that a lot of those medications you buy over the counter at the farm store or whatnot can actually hurt the wound as it heals and can delay wound healing. So um, some of the favorite ones I like to recommend are just good old triple antibiotic ointment or um, there's a white... um, salve that's called silver sulfadiazine ointment both of those are really nice to to have an an antibacterial effect and and uh, keep the wound healthy now i imagine bandaging a horse is a little bit more difficult than bandaging most animals because you know they uh probably you know they're uh, top heavy and you know they like to use their legs that's how they get around Uh, they need their legs but uh explain kind of how that process works how you go about doing it properly yeah, well, uh, it depends on how well trained they are. It's, uh, sometimes you get a good old gelding that's tw- 20 years old, they'll just stand right there. But 
Um, first, you have to. It's really nice if you can have help and someone standing at their head to keep them calm and to, to move with them. Um, but then it's also important to to stand in a safe position yourself. And part of that is our horseman skills that you learn as you're learning to work with a horse. But standing um, uh, to the side, not directly front in front of them or behind them or underneath of them. And then I think the other biggest tip that I can give is uh, to not kneel down because. If the horse moves and you're kneeling on both of your knees, that you're not able to move fast enough, and, and they they'll run you over potentially. Do you need a time time down? I mean, is that a good good idea? Well, um, not necessarily tie them down, but um, sometimes we can prescribe some medications to calm them down a little bit, um, some pace and things that you can give them. That, but uh, for the most part, if you go slow, it's really remarkable how horses will just will let you do it once they kind of understand you're helping them. All right. What type of what type of bandages or bandages do you use here on on a horse? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually uh, the first layer that you want to put on a wound is just like a bandaid. It's called a telfa pad, and it has a shiny surface to it that doesn't stick to it to the wound, and then it has a little bit of absorption uh, capacity to it. Um, and then once you have that pad on there, so nothing will stick, you you can buy cotton rolls. Um, to wrap around the leg and that serves two purposes. One, it adds padding to protect the leg when you add your, uh, your next layers and wrap it, but two, it absorbs uh, any of that, um, anything that's coming off of the wound and, and then it also helps, of course, keep it clean from the environment. Now, um, whenever you, humans put bandages on, you have them on for a little while then you take them off. Uh, how long should you keep a bandage on, on the horse? Uh, it can get a little bit, uh, starts off relatively frequently bandage changes, so daily or every other day, and then uh, kind of like when you have a cut too, um, it gets a, gets a scab on it or starts to um, heal up a little bit more, and you can go longer for four to five days even at times, but um, kind of a two to three days is a nice range to keep an eye on things. Okay. As you mentioned too uh, about how they can get themselves injured here during the springtime, is there some other environmental things that you know the farmer could do to kind of prevent some of that? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, you know horses. It, it seems like you could put them in a padded stall and they could find a way to get in trouble. But um, uh, definitely, just uh, uh, coming out in the springtime, you know, fences can get damaged. So just walking your fences, make sure that there's nothing strewn about. Um, checking for any debris that maybe have blown in over the winter and then um, just generally keeping your your lots clean and in, in good condition are the probably the biggest things you can do okay again we're speaking with dr dylan luter here uh, equine surgeon at uh, the veterinary health center here at the k-state college of veterinary medicine um, if, if it's a more uh, significant injury here i know you work a lot uh, behind the scenes with that uh, and you have some pretty good rehab programs there yeah, so uh, that's one of my areas of interest. Uh, I've done gotten some specialty certification in that. And um, if you think about, we'll use the human analogy, if you go uh, have an injury and you go to the doctor and maybe you have surgery or something like that, they uh, will oftentimes recommend physical therapy for that. And, and you can do the same thing for your horses. Um, a lot of that starts around uh, having an appropriate uh, amount of controlled exercise and so you have to protect those tissues when they're weak and then gradually add exercises as they get stronger so the first um, usually it's 
two weeks to 30 days is going to be some sort of uh, uh, keeping them in a stall, keeping them controlled, and then starting to introduce hand walking uh, with them. Um, but then you can even do things such as um, core strengthening, kind of like get crunches for your horses, get get some ab strength in there. Uh, and there's certain exercises we can teach owners to do for that. And then um, another thing that happens oftentimes with injury and things that are dealt with in even human physical therapy are um, you have to relearn where your feet are and where your body parts are after an injury. And so uh, working with your veterinarian to, and your trainer um, to set up obstacle courses and, and at a low speed, help your horse relearn where, where its limbs are. That's fascinating. And, and that would be probably, I guess, between the horse owner and the horse, that's uh, probably another area of where you can really bond with the horse. Yeah, it's a great time. Uh, I tell a lot of my clients to uh, work on groundwork and to really get to know the personality and, and teach them s- subtle cues for uh, uh, doing things on the ground as opposed to just wanting to ride and uh, jump on and go. We have a uh, caller here with a question. So uh, we'll go to the phone lines now. Good morning. You're on In Focus. that control the flies, we have them under such control that the horses and mules from the adjoining stable pastures come over and stand along our fence all day because there's no flies out at the pony ranch. (laughs) (laughs) Just something that you learn in your daily habits to look after. Thank you. Yeah, that's a a great tip. Fly control is huge, especially as we get into the summer and in addition to those, um, that product that he mentioned, uh, I think just can, controlling um, the the manure and uh, cleaning it up, keeping it in one area, and then uh, once your manure spread is full, going and spreading that, um, all of that controls and reduces the flies around your property. All right, very good. Thank you, Robert, for the call there, and uh, we continue on here with Dr. Luter. Uh, actually, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll get into some more on uh, rehab and uh, some other topics as well. You're listening to In Focus on News Radio KMAN. 